My God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask you for pardon of my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. After having fed the crowds, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he would send the crowds away. <clears throat> After sending the crowds away, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. And I guess that, well, this we can just stop here in, in the gospel and because we too that we are here to be in God's presence, that we are taking time out just like Jesus does also to pray. And so perhaps we can ask our Lord to Lord, open our eyes and help us in this, in this meditation, help us to get to know you better. Give us your grace so that, that we, may be more, we may be more committed in living out our Christian vocation so that fruit of this time of prayer that we will be more and more more and more like you so that others also will have an opportunity of encountering you in us and, and also through us. <clears throat> when evening came, he was there alone, while the boat by now far out on the lake was battling with a heavy sea, for there was a headwind in the fourth watch of the night, he went towards them, walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But at once Jesus called out to them, saying, Courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Well, you and I, perhaps we have... Also, the, the experience at times of being carried along by, by the waves. The, the sea is something that is, in some way, it is very relaxing. Everybody loves to go out by the sea. But the sea is also terrifying because we know that, that whatever the sea, the sea swallows, we can say, is somehow is gone forever. You know, the ocean is vast. And while near the shore, okay, that we can have fun and that you can play, but you have to be very, very careful because they can be, and all of a sudden, when the waves are very strong, the sea can be very, very violent and that, and that very easily it can just be sucked in. In fact, just recently, someone was telling me a story about uh, he was with another fellow who was a, quite a strong swimmer. I'm not sure exactly what beach that they were on, but it was somewhere in the north coast. And then all of a sudden, there was, he, wasn't, he wasn't in very deep. It was just maybe up to his waist. And then there was this really strong current. And he almost he couldn't resist. And then his friend just kind of started swimming and, and managed to reach a place where he could sort of be more, more in, in control. And he was just felt himself being pulled out. So his friend started shouting out to him, okay, do this, do this, giving him instructions. <laughs> he, he thought that this was it, this was the end. He felt the current was just carrying him out. But he said, swim in this direction, you know why, just go in that direction. 
and he started moving across and there was this huge rock. So the fellow had a lot of experience. He really knew that beach extremely well. He knew where the big rocks were and, and so he was able to direct him to a rock and he said, I held on to the, that rock like my life. No one was going to separate me from that rock. <laughs> it was holding on so tight <laughs> until finally someone came and and they able to, they threw a line for him and they pulled him in. You see, he was he was terrified. Well, well, I mean, we could imagine an experience like that. Maybe you have an experience like that. Just being, I remember most people, I guess, live on an island, have an experience of being carried by the currents. I remember as a child being carried by a river, actually, and it was. And then you're looking back and you're seeing the ocean there, the big waves <laughs> waiting for you. And of course, same thing, you find a rock, you scream, and you cry out for help. <laughs> Your dad comes, you know, laughing, you know, and pulling you out, pull you out. <laughs> well, well, in a way, this is what, the, is what the apostles are feeling here in the Gospels. It's the boat is just being pelted about. They are fighting, and it seems almost in vain. And it seems that there's nothing... There's nothing to be to be done, and we are we up there perishing. We really, really feel that you're going under. And it is just at that moment. Then they probably would have given up, you know, that they you know, apparently when you've been carried around by a current, there's a theory that says you just let yourself go and it actually takes you back in further on. But normally you only that's like a very last resort. That's when you've just you've tired and you've given up. But they were probably I reached reach that point where they said, you know what, you know, what's the point? Is this headwind? We're not getting anywhere. And they probably were just at a point where they just said, let's just see where this current takes us. But the winds were so strong that for them it was to go under, for sure. But then just when, you know, when that happened, just the whole game changed in a way that they never would have, they would have expected that Jesus appears and he is walking on the waters. So those huge waves, you know, that are there, and somehow that they they just bow before him. And so the water and the ocean, the waves become just rather, it's like a footstool, a step, a stepping stone is for, for Jesus coming across the water to, you know, to the boat. And then when they saw him, well, when you were in a state of fright, you want you cry out for help. But as this was something that they hardly expected, they, they thought it was a ghost. <laughs> and what confusion, because they, want, they needed help, but at the same time as a ghost, is this going to, like, are we going to perish even sooner? Or, or this, are we going to get help? You know, all kinds of things must have been bubbling up within them. And then Jesus spoke and they recognized his voice. And he says to them, Courage, it is I, do not be afraid. And then the gospel tells us that it was Peter who answers. He says, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come to you across the water. He knew that he needed help. They, he couldn't have, he could, wasn't within his power to save himself. But he wanted to know that it was Jesus. And I guess in that moment, he didn't know what to say. But so he says, well, Lord, let me come to you across the water, if it is you. And in a way, 
we can see here that there's this there's a very imagery imagery here where the boat is the church and we know that Peter is at the head at the head of the church so in that dialogue with Peter and Jesus where there is this classical interpretation of this text where throughout the centuries the church is like this this boat, this boat there's a ship and as it goes through the, the centuries, well, there are always the heresies and then the challenges that face the church. And so sometimes you may feel that the church may go under. But the Gospels here tells us that, that always there's a special relationship with Peter. Peter, who is the head of the church, Jesus will always be there to help his church, to guide the church, and in some way to strengthen to strengthen Peter in a moment when, when everything perhaps seems, seems lost. And this can help us in our prayer. We are in 100 years of Fatima. And we know that in this 100 years of Fatima, that there have been many apparitions of Our Lady, hundreds of years ago in fact, that spoke about these times that we are going through. And spoke about them as times that are very and especially difficult in the life of the Church. So the imagery that the gospel presents to us is something that is very, very real. You know, when you just when you when you stop and you look out and you think about your friends and you you know, just recently someone was telling me about a family <clears throat> that they knew that growing up. It was a very Catholic family. You know, the the parents were very diligent practicing their faith. And they moved and you know, she was saying that she when she went to visit them in, in Canada, that the children well, had, had lost their faith. And the mother, of course, was very distraught. And he was saying, wow, you know, it's just, it's really, it's just it's so hard. There's so many obstacles that, that young people face today. And, we, and well, that's just one case, but we know of many, many cases like that. You know, when you just... When we think about the schools, the things that young people learn in the textbooks, when we think about the persons in the media who are, who are in, in charge and in science and culture, that there are very few practicing or coherent Catholics. And so because of this, the church is being battered. And then even from the inside of the church, there are also infidelity and there are scandals and, and also divisions. We don't want to harbor on all these things, but but we must acknowledge it. It's it's something which, well, in fact, our Lord warned us about. So it's not as though we didn't we weren't forewarned. We were warned about it, Lord. We are in difficult times, and it pains us to see the situation in the church, to see that so many people who grew up Catholics that they abandon their faith and they go off to the ways of the world. It pains us because we wonder, you know, what will become of their souls? Can these souls be saved? And that is really, you know, that's and that is that's a very very scary thing. You know, we speak about Peter being terrified, but hell is a much more terrifying reality, certainly. And we know that a lot of souls that seems to be that's where they're heading. Well, Lord, help us, send us. You know, we know that the harvest is rich, but the laborers are few. Jesus, help me to be more generous in going out and reaching out to souls. To wake them up and tell them, you know, don't seek after those mean, those low mean things of the earth that just shackle the heart. Come with us in search of love with a capital L. Come with us. Jesus is here. He's at the door. 
It's turbulent, but he's there saying it is I. Be co take courage. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to open your hearts to Christ. And not just your hearts, but do not be afraid to open all the different fields of human endeavor, whether it be the media, science, your home, the family. Every open, open the doors to Jesus Christ. He's there in the turbulence. It may seem kind of a, a crazy thing to say, Jesus, if it is you, let me also walk on water. But we must be willing to step out. To step out and, and to take that risk to be daring. We cannot, we cannot have that attitude to say, well, let me see where the current is going to take me. You know, whereas on a beach, you know, the current will take you back to the other side of the shore and you could be saved. But when it comes to the things of the Spirit, the things of the world, we know where the current takes us. So the current leads us, it is to be further and further away from God and those souls, and the souls are eventually lost. Courage it is I, do not be afraid. Well, in our prayer today, we feel, we feel moved to pray for the Pope. Lord, conserve him and give him life, protect him from his enemies. Help the Pope, Lord, because being Pope is not an easy job. It's a very, very hard job. And uh, we know that the Holy Father, that when we in our, in our times, that there are, there are so many, so many things that that he must, the challenges that the Holy Father must must face. Well, we know that he counts on our affection, that he counts on our on our apostolic work, and he counts on our zeal. I remember once a priest he was saying that he was going through a bit of a hard time, and he was sharing that. The one of the things that really helped him a lot was to see the fidelity and the vibrancy of the faith of well, just a few lay people in his parish. That helped him to just react and the change. He was, he was kind of becoming a little despondent about his own vocation. But we can apply that also to, you know, to our faith and also to the, to the Holy Father. The Holy Father is a human being after all. So... He counts on the affection and the example and the holiness of the, all the other members of, of the church. So there's a kind of an attitude out there which says, you know, once to blame everything that goes wrong, you say, oh, well, what is the bishop doing? What are the priests doing? What is the pope doing about this? Well, the pope needs to, say, well, to see what we are doing about it, and that's going to inspire him. When, you know, it's just like in that parish, when... You're seeing the fidelity, the cheerful, self-giving of ones of the faithful. Uh, then that is how then the priest he draws from that. To then for his own spiritual life, he realizes that a high standard, the high expectations of him, and that others are there offering their trust, offering their affection, offering their their cheerfulness. Well, similarly, Lord, I want to ask you in a very special way today in our prayer that may the Holy Father. Always be surrounded by love, by affection, by persons who are cheerful, who are positive, who are encouraging. And may you always have many, many people who pray, pray for him and to pray for him intensely. And we ourselves in our prayer today, we are at a point where we renew also our commitment to, to love the Holy Father and to pray for him, pray for him every day. You know, that doesn't mean that everything that the Holy Father does is going to be is perfect. The Holy Father is not perfect. He has, he has his defects and Every, like every human being. But we are there to, to help him and support him in, in his struggles, whatever they might be. And, 
and with and with that, that support is how then okay whatever whatever there is he can rally and correct and and continue to guide that you know that boat there's a Gregory I think Pope Gregory the the fifth I think had a, a vision once not sure if it was him I think it was him um, Gregory the Great it was Gregory the Great had a vision. And it was perhaps taken from the gospel here. There was he was on a boat, and sorry, this is sorry, I made a mistake. It was John Bosco. John Bosco had a, a vision, and it was a boat that was on a very tumultuous sea. And the Holy Father was he was there on the in the bow in the bow, and on one side there, there were two columns. On one column, there was the Eucharist, a monstrous with the Eucharist. On the other column, there was another col- There was a, a statue of Our Lady. And so the, the message was very, very clear. That the Holy Father, the way that he guides this ship, that is the church, is by looking to the Eucharist and by looking to Our Lady. So, well, we too can apply this, this passage to our lives in... Our own lives, we can, we can say, is like also a ship going through an ocean. And similarly, just as in the case of the boat where the apostles were, we too might feel tossed around. At times when you speak with, with people, when, when the storm appears, they, get, they can sometimes grow a little sad and to think, you know, well, what has happened here? You know, how come I had this rough time? How come there is this difficult moment? But we can learn from the gospel today that but a Christian life doesn't mean that we will not have storms or difficulties or upheavals in our lives. That it will happen. God will not spare us those things. But nevertheless, He will give us the grace and will work miracles so that we will get through them and we come through them better, we come through them stronger. That we come through, we come through them in some way unharmed. You know, just recently, just, well, you know, it's part of the, the norm of gospel reading. I was looking and reading about that trip that St. Paul made. It was a journey from Jerusalem. And he was, well, it wasn't from, he didn't start off at Jerusalem. Um, I'm not sure where he started. I think it was Caesarea Philippi. But he had appealed to Caesar, <clears throat> to the real king Agrippa, one of those, or Felix, I'm not sure who it was. And then in the boat ride, they got caught in a storm. But uh, St. Paul had an apparition telling them that that have no fear and take courage that, that he had an apparition saying that they would all be survived and, not, and, and that not the hair on, the, on, the, on their heads would be, would be harmed. Well, but it doesn't mean that they didn't have to go through the storm and it was hard. They didn't have food. They had to throw things over. They were shipwrecked and, and all of that. <laughs> you know, God didn't say, well, you'll be spared a storm. He could have done that. He said, well, Lord, why don't you just take the easy way and just... For there not to be a storm. Why do you have to take us through that and let us be unharmed? Just let us be unharmed, full stop. <laughs> Just, the end result is the same, right? Why is there have to be a big storm in the middle, right? So, well, but that's Christian life. That, that is in some way it is through the struggle and the fight is how our faith grows. It is through the fight and the struggle our hope grows and also our love grows. And also, it says, it is through that struggle is where we prove also, prove our, our love. 
Well, it's a bit of a mystery. And in our prayer, we just have to turn to our Lord and say, Lord, okay, we know that you had to carry the cross to redeem us. And so we know that the outcome is the same. It is our redemption. But the redemption passes through the cross. And so similarly, your growth and my growth, it passes through, through the storm. And so it's futile for us to be fussing about the storm and to focus on the negative. That, you know, St. Paul and along the journey, it was, there was a stark contrast. Everybody's rushing around crazy and St. Paul is calm. He's praying, he's giving them good advice, he's level-headed. He's giving, telling them what to do. They don't take him on, but he doesn't, okay, he says, fine, okay, let's do this now. Well, similarly, it is like a storm without a storm. Or if you want, at the end of the day, it's really just a storm in a teacup. It's just a storm in a teacup because God, he's, he's in charge. He walks on water. It's like he just plays on it. It's just, it's just like, it's almost, you know, it's just like effortlessly. He's walking on the water. Well, that's, that is something that's good for us to stop and, and take stock of. Lord, we are so at times, we're so at times human in our outlook of things. And we are overcome by, by fear that we, we worry, that we, that we cry out, that we, that we turn sometimes to human compensations. Jesus, help me to have that perspective, to know that whatever happens, it's really all for the best. And that you, that you are there with your power. So Peter said, if it is you, Lord, let me come to you across the water. Come, said Jesus. Then Peter got out of the boat and started walking towards Jesus across the water. But as soon as he felt the force of the wind, he took fright and began to sink. Lord, save me, he cried. Well, we too have to say that. Lord, save us, save us. Whenever we feel that that in some way we lack faith, it's good that we turn to God and say, Lord, save us. And even now in our prayer, we can think about whatever has been troubling, things that have been troubling us just these last few days, maybe yesterday, today, tomorrow, about things about the future, whatever uncertainties that there may be. Well, those darkening clouds that, that are there, maybe some struggle in your interior life. Um, the doubts sometimes that we have about about just you know there's just you know in our in our postulates especially you know little failures that people turn away from us and just the magnitude of the task that awaits us. Lord save us. Lord save us. Jesus put out his hand at once and held him. Man of little faith, he said, Why did you doubt? And as they got into the boat, the wind dropped. The men in the boat bowed down before and said, Truth, truly, you are the Son of God. Well, let us go to, let us go to Our Lady. And we, just as they said, truly you are the Son of God, we can also go to Our Lady and we can tell her, Mary, truly you are the Mother of God. And we want to always have you in sight and also we want to say Jesus truly truly you really present here in the blessed sacrament of the Son of God well let us let us have this image this this dream of St. Bosco engraved in our souls that whenever storms appear the wind seems stream strong so let's remember the Eucharist and Our Lady 
the Eucharist and Our Lady. It is there where in some way we say Jesus comes out to us walking on the water every time. Is when we know how to come before the tabernacle and to go to Our Lady with loving trust and confidence. I give you thanks, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you for help to put them into effect. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.